0: Today I want to share with you some of the kitchen essentials we've been using for months. Extrema cookware. We have their skillets, Dutch oven, stockpot, loaf pan, and we use them in our kitchen every single day. We ditched all of our pifa containing nonstick cookware and have been cooking on these incredible ceramics ever since. Extrema cookware is 100% ceramic and truly non-toxic, free of added metals and nonstick coatings. Each Extrema item is handcrafted by artisans, and they're a family-owned business. We love the versatility of our Extrema pots and pans. They're durable, efficient, and they complete our kitchen with trusted, truly non-toxic products. You can use the code HOMEGROWN for 15% off your order at Extrema.com. That's X-T-R-E-M-A dot com. Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, the place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good morning. And together we hope to inspire, educate, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today we're sitting down with Megan, the creator of the course, Body Talk Basics Conversations about Puberty for Moms and Daughters. This course is designed to help both moms and daughters better understand the changes that happen during puberty and bring moms and daughters closer in the process. As a mother to three daughters, I am particularly excited to dive in today, especially having Joey here on the call as a father. I just think it's a really cool conversation. And Sophia and I have run through uh, the majority of your course. I think we have one module to go through, and it has done exactly that, bring us closer together, opened up room for conversation, broken down any awkwardness or barriers. I mean, it's just so well done. So I've been a big fan of your work. And you for, I don't know, over a year now (laughs) since I first found you. So welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited. So before we kind of dive into your work today, we want to hear a little bit about your background. Um, Tell us where you grew up and uh, we'll start from there. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I grew up in Tacoma, Washington. I'm a Pacific
1: Northwest girl. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls and, yeah, raised by two amazing parents and... Yeah, I mean, I really couldn't be happier with my my growing up experience. I mean, obviously, there's things that I'm glad to have learned as an adult or things where I'm like, oh, man, I, I wish I'd learned that a little bit earlier. But I really think my I mean, my parents were were great guides through the craziness of, of adolescence. And I feel really grateful for a lot of support that I had, too, just from uh, church mentors, from other incredible women in my life. And so, I mean, I think really my passion for... Um, kind of bringing moms and daughters closer together or just really kind of networking women of all ages together is just the impact that that had in mm. my own life of mm. um, women that I could look up to and talk to. And um, I just don't want other girls to miss out on that in their yeah, adolescence. Yeah, I love that.
0: I love that. Being the oldest of three girls, what was it like having two younger sisters?
1: <laughs> it was fun. I love I love being from an all-girl family. I think that's really special. I mean... I was definitely kind of interested in, you know, pioneering my own way, doing my own thing. Um, so sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh I, I probably didn't include my sisters <laughs> as much as I, I could have, you know, a lot of, you know, friend hangouts. I'm like, go away, you know, I'm playing with my friend, I don't want you around. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's great. And it's so fun too, just being adults now and just being genuine friends and just mm. loving mm. my sisters as people, so
0: Oh, I it's love that. Great. What's what's the age gap between you and the other girls?
1: It's all about two and a half, three years. Cool. Kind of. Yeah.
0: What?
2: You live in Washington today?
1: No, my husband and I moved to South Carolina a couple years ago. Now he's from from South Carolina, so we made. The so, how did you guys meet? You? We met in high school. We both kind of randomly attended this. It was a Christian worldviews conference in um, a little college. In Tennessee, we were about to be seniors in high school, and it was a two-week conference full of lectures and speakers, and there was a lot of sitting, and you were assigned a seat. I didn't know this going in. He didn't either. You were assigned a seat for the entire two weeks, and we were assigned seats (laughs) next to each other, and so we stayed in contact and dated long distance, and then eventually ended up going to the same college a couple years into college, but...
2: Yeah. That college in Tennessee, was it Johnson University by any chance?
1: No, it was Bryan College, and then I ended up going to Covenant College in Georgia. Got it.
2: Got it. Right on. So so, yeah. so you guys dating long distance, you're in Washington, mm-hmm. he was in he was in North Carolina.
1: South Carolina, yeah. South Carolina. Mm-hmm.
2: Carolina's always getting me.
0: Yeah, they always confuse me.
1: Everyone but, always guesses North Carolina yeah. too. Like I don't know what it is. I'd love to figure out why, but whenever <laughs> we say South Carolina, people always remember North. Like, I don't know <laughs> what it <laughs> is.
2: Dart from the top and you work your way down. Yeah, That's I kinda guess, feel like how I, I, I do guess. it. So, so South Carolina, and you're in Washington, and so, so how long did you guys date before you got married?
1: Um, I guess it ended up being about four and a half years. Yeah, we got married like two weeks after we graduated from Man. college, and then we moved to Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, and lived there for about four years, and then moved back to to South Carolina. So fun! I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious. Um, rewinding back a little bit, how was? health and sort of like nourishment viewed in your home growing up? Did you guys have conversations about health, especially with three daughters, especially <laughs> knowing what you do now? How was that stuff handled?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't talked about a ton and it's interesting and fun now. Um, I mean, I really became interested in women's health kind of at the end of college and then maybe in the first few years after college, but whenever I learn something new about the female body, like it works its way into my phone calls with my mom. I'm like, mom, did you know this? You know, and a lot of times she's like, "What? I had no idea." So, I mean, I really think that my mom, you know, did the best that she could with what she knew about the female body. And um, I know that uh, the American Girl Care and Keeping of You book is a big, you know, book in our home. Um, and yeah, as far as health, I mean. My mom, like, family dinners, that was a really big thing, and family meals. Mm -hmm. Um, We ate all the meals, you know, around the table together. And, you know, we'd have processed snacks and that kind of – like, I was a cereal fiend. I just ate (laughs) bowls of cereal every day after school. Um, And, you know, sometimes she'd let us pick out, you know, little toxic desserts and snacks, you know, for (laughs) with our our lunch. But for the most part, like, the bulk of our food was always – Home cooked, you know, she always made breakfast every morning, and um, I am really thankful. She never went into the low fat craze herself. She's mm-hmm. like, "We're doing real butter here, mm-hmm. and you know, real milk, and those kinds of things," um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I mean, I would say one shift for sure is I feel like I mean we were kind of a one one egg and toast family kind of thing, and now I'm I'm realizing I need. At least two eggs and some yeah. more, some more food. Um, in that regard, so. Yeah, but I don't know if that it, answers
0: your question, but. It does. Yeah, it sounds like you had a really good foundation. Uh, you mentioned that American Girl book, which <laughs> if you were like growing up in the '90s and a female, sorry Joe, you're gonna have no idea. This <laughs> book, the images are still burned inside my head. I'm oh like, yeah. I mean, one if you're in particular. Just, I'm not sure if you're oh, picture, yeah. the
1: same one. I am, but.
0: Oh, I'm sure you're handed this book as a. <laughs> I don't know, adolescent girl, and it's basically like teaching you what your body's gonna do, and you're just kind of left to read it on your own. In my case, and uh, it's uh it was illustrated.
2: Is this like a puberty thing? Yeah. Okay. It was mm-hmm. like okay. a body
0: changing, but it was like, oh, I wish we had, I wish I could show you. This book will probably never enter our home. Not, not that it's Here like a bad. You at, I have a little. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's with the girls on when their yeah. towels on the front mm-hmm. and. Oh. It's yeah. great. Lots There's lots of, of in here. so Seared into your brain. So, yeah. so
2: both of you then, your parents got this for you. Is this, is this how this yeah. works? Yeah. So mm-hmm. at what age did your parents decide that it was time for you to kind of like read about yourself?
1: <laughs> that is a great question. And honestly, sometimes my memory of those specifics is kind of hazy. Like I wish I had mm-hmm. more specifics, especially working in this line of work. <laughs> like, I wish right. I could have these really tangible memories like when I was eight and mm-hmm. a half. But um I mean, probably late elementary school, I would guess. Because probably right when... My guess is probably right when school... Because I went to a public school for elementary school. So probably right when they started doing some of their body education. I remember my mom a few times would take me out of school because she wanted to have more kind of control. And she would talk. like It's not like we didn't talk about it, but she just wanted to take me out and and talk about body things herself rather than have the school do it. Mm -hmm. So... Does
2: this book fall fall short in some ways or is it squared away? Uh,
0: You know, I think Megan does a much better job at facilitating that conversation in her course than this book ever did. Got it. Mm -hmm. I think the book had good intentions because, like, young girls need to know. I think Mm -hmm. mine was the same way. It was like my mom was like, well, in the fourth grade, you guys get the period talk in school. And so before then, I want to tell you about it. So here's this book. She Mm -hmm. probably told me some other thing. But some of the ways, like, it was painted to me was was like, oh, it really sucks the first time you shave your legs because then you have to shave your legs for the rest of your life. (laughs) And it's like, it was like this thing that my mom used to tell me. And I was like, she's like building dread. And I was like, mom, I Mm. just really want to shave. Like there's Mm -hmm. a part of you when you're a young girl and you're like, you have peach fuzz, but you're like, oh, I want to shave and have shaving cream and razors. And that seems cool. And uh, my mom just, she's not like a girly girl by any means. And so she just like kind of told me the negative side of it same thing with like your period right like oh Mm -hmm. once you get your period then it just happens for the rest of your life (laughs) until you're like 42 or something and um (laughs) Which is true. Women experience a lot that that mm-hmm. men don't, but men experience other things. But I mean,
2: like men experience like coming of age, right? Yeah. So, Like you, you wanting to shave your legs. I've never felt that, but I felt like I wanted to shave my face. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I'll tell you right now, you know, women get to shave their legs way before men get to shave their faces. True. And we're out there just like <laughs> lingering around, feeling like a baby for years. Yeah, that <laughs> is true. Years. Yeah, it's true. like most guys. I mean, nineteen twenty. The, the 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 guys that are like, you know, shaving when they're like fourteen. <laughs> It's like, I don't, I mean, that's crazy stuff, right? They're, they're out there. Yeah. But there, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, I wasn't, it wasn't until I was like 21, 22 until like I could actually grow a beard of any kind.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> you were alcohol around. yeah. Yeah. Say
1: buy alcohol, shave, a, you know, shave your beard. It's <laughs> all
2: You're a man now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so you guys were given this, you both were given this book. Is this common? Most, most ladies. Really? This i talked this with a lot partic-
1: of women. Yeah. Who got the book.
2: Okay, and it's, it's just kind of like info only, right? And so maybe where it falls short, where, where Megan has kind of come in to kind of fill some voids is, is in some of that relational component. Totally. And, and just
0: better atomical explanations, yeah. So,
2: so when you guys read this, how did you feel? Like, what, what, I, I didn't get any books, so I'm I just I'm mm, curious.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was
1: intriguing. I mean, it had a lot of allure to it. I remember this book because it was kind of like all of this secret adult information, you know, what was going to happen to me. Um, And then, of course, mixed with like a little excitement and then also a little dread, you know, like, oh, what? (laughs) That's going to happen. I have to do that. Um, So, I mean, really kind of all of the adolescent Mm. emotions right there, a lower excitement, dread. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I remember being grateful for it or glad that I had something I could read and, Mm. and look at
2: so interesting you said secret and, I, and it's something that that i've been i work in market research and, and funny enough we do we, we work with a ton of femcare and hmm. there's there's segmentation that we'll do with point of market entries or pom anyway P-O-M-E, pome so but point of market entry being like this these are people that are entering into the femcare market it's, you know, again, we're looking from like a sales and marketing and positioning point of view. So sometimes, you know, definitely misses the market. Sometimes it gets a, it does a really good job, right? Hmm. And so, uh, I was talking to one of our clients. He, he works at a large CPG company <laughs> that creates a lot of these products, right? And and he's a, a CMK there, so meaning con, consumer market knowledge. This is what he does: research on products and services. And um, again, most of the folks that I talked to at FemCare in this company were dudes first and foremost, which is interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, there's definitely women there, but, and, um, and I would also say their hearts are very like they're, do they're all, they're all in like they are, they are mm-hmm. not like, it's not like a funny game to them. This is not uh-huh. like it is, it is a big deal. And and we were talking about it cause we both have, we both have daughters. And he was saying that he, he had this kind of like new passion that, um, obviously there's, there's something that happened, you know, um, Megan what you're what you're working on which is so I think powerful right because um, even calling it like even even secret right I had to like, drop a pin there because it's like man why mm-hmm. why is this like a secret thing right because that and 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 it, it strikes me a little bit because you know I'm I'm the dad in the situation right and we were both relating to each other as dads and I know you guys are gonna you know play the, the tiny violin when I say all this but it, it um research that they were doing right and this is large-scale stuff right qualitative quantitative work is that the first secret daughters ever keep from their dad right this hmm. is it
0: their period yeah getting their period. it's like the
2: first it's like it's it's like the first time that it's you know all of a sudden there's a barrier that, that comes up now again hmm. I, this is not me advocating that you know we need to get all up in there but i'm just something i mean i, I just feel like there's mm-hmm. some, it's something to note uh, you know to, to the fathers out there that man, it it could be so easy to just let that just keep being the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Let this be the first secret your daughter. But it it sounds like it might not even be just from dads. Any Hmm. any reaction to that?
1: I, someone told me a really interesting story once where um, they said that they, so their daughters do their own laundry and she happened to look at the laundry or something, and she saw some blood stains on one of her daughter's underwear. Mm. And so the mom was like, oh, my goodness, my daughter started her period, and she didn't tell me. You know? So she talks with her daughter. I think her daughter had started a few months earlier, but her daughter didn't want to tell her because she was afraid mm. that her mom was going to tell all of her friends. And I just thought that was really interesting too and a good mm. – I've been meaning to make a a little video about it or something, but I think that trust component is so important – Um, I mean, with, with both parents, but feeling like, you know, if I tell this person my, you know, body information is safe with them, you know, maybe it Mm. ends with them and it's not going to be the talk of the town kind of thing. Mm. So I think sometimes that's a fear too, that like, maybe they'd want to tell their mom, but really maybe they weren't interested in telling all of their mom's friends. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting note and kind of an example of when a a girl kept a secret from her mom, but...
2: That is really interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah and uh, like I remember um, it's like this weird feeling you have because you're like you're like kind of excited about it. But then at the same time when it happens, you're like, oh, my gosh, I started my period the very first day of seventh grade, junior <gasps> high in school, in the classroom. Oh, that was always the worst Or like nightmare. I went to the bathroom. Yeah. It was horrid. I literally got off the bus, walked home. I didn't have a cell phone back in the day because um. we didn't have cell phones as seventh graders. I walk in the door. And my mom just looks at me and she goes, like, did you, did something happen at school? And I told her and she was, I was like, how did you even know? She had like this sixth sense was weird. And then I begged her not to go to dance that night. I was like, I don't want to go to dance and wear a leotard. That's my worst nightmare. And she's like, no, movement's good for you. Go. (laughs) So, So that was my first experience. But I remember like, I didn't even really have to utter those words. Like she just for some reason knew. Hmm. But we had been having conversation about it. I think she knew like like there's always signs right when you're yeah. you can see your kids every day changing, but it is a like a weird there's some tension there, especially probably some walls there, unless you have intentionally brought those down, which is mm-hmm. um kind of what you guys are both talking about like it can definitely lead to like this awkward we don't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. we maybe want to forget our own experiences. And that's what I love about the course is like you have the moms share really cool pieces, not to where it feels like I'm burdened with now having to be super vulnerable with my Mm -hmm. kid that makes me uncomfortable, but in a way that's just like, oh my gosh, this really funny thing happened and it doesn't even have to be about puberty, just it could be Mm -hmm. about anything. And it's relational. I think that's like... The piece too is just relating to your kids during this crazy time of transition physically mm-hmm. and, and emotionally is just really, really important. So yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of, um, a lot of emotions around that. Uh,
2: the The relational side of this, Megan, for what you're working on, I think is so outstanding and, and I can't wait to like, it's, it's going to be the weirdest podcast to share on my Instagram account ever because <laughs> I just, but I, I really do believe that there's parents out there, you know, Dads and moms and and and, um, again I don't think I've cracked the code and I, I don't know that it's been and maybe it has I don't know but for dads like where does their place, mm-hmm. and I can tell you it's not it's not nothing it's not just complete mm-hmm. avoidance and ignoring and, that's the mom thing, I just don't think that's true or at least I don't want that to be true I don't mm-hmm. I don't want my daughters to have. It sounds crazy, but like, man, it, it like hits me deep thinking like my daughter, like that's the first secret, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm sure there's other ones, right? My, my kids like hide food. You know, they, do weird, they, do, <laughs> they do weird stuff. Like, let's be real, right? But like, this right. is different, right? This is like, I'm now putting up a, sh- a barrier between us mm-hmm. in like an emotional way. And um, I don't know. I want them to always feel like I can protect them and I'm always going to take care of them. And, and it just feels like mm-hmm. this is a moment where they're like, you know what, dad, this, the, you don't belong here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, I just, you know, being aware of it, kind of not avoiding it. That's why Elizabeth was talking. She's like, do you want, do you want to be on this episode? I was like, hell yeah, I want to be on this episode. Get out of here. So, the um, the uh, topic, I think, is, is, is a huge deal. So, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry to derail the conversation. No,
0: as you're talking, I do wonder, like, because if, you're, if your kids see your see their father support your mom, like, I think my I don't know. I think back in the day, it would have been odd for someone to be like, hey, I'm out of XYZ at the store. Can you go pick some up? And then the person, your, your, the dad would have been like, eh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to be caught in the checkout line with that. Right. You know. <laughs> but like today, I think that's probably a little softer. I think maybe mm-hmm. like as a husband, you'd be like, sure. Yeah. What do you want? Just send me a picture and I'll get it. Because you'd know mm-hmm. that there's I a, for
2: sure have. a
0: million brands. For sure have. And so it's like maybe how they, if they see their father support their mother, (laughs) maybe cracking jokes or making a lemon water once a month Mm -hmm. or giving mom a heating pad or saying Mm -hmm. like, I'm putting the girls to bed tonight, like any of the above, I feel like they would be like, oh, he's supporting her and your kids know, especially if they're in the bathroom with you all the time, (laughs) like they'll know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I don't know. That's an element to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I love that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about, yeah, ways that dads can get involved. I mean, I think one one major way is just learning about mm. the female body, you know. And a lot of adult women don't know this stuff, too. So it's not like, you know, only men don't know. But mm. I think it's just a great opportunity to really dive in, you know, learn about what is happening during the course of the menstrual cycle, learn about some basic body development, um, things that happen. Because I think some of that barrier that can happen can just be maybe even that like subconscious uncomfortability with the topic, you know, on the end of, of dads are just totally fair. You know, it's like, it's so different. It's so foreign to you. Mm -hmm. You have no idea um, what's happening and and girls can feel that too. Like what is happening? So I think Mm -hmm. there can just be a lot of that energy of like, oh, I'm kind of scared of these conversations because I don't know what's actually happening um, in any great detail. You know, there's blood, but then that's that's about Mm. it. You know, it's loosely connected to reproduction, but then it kind of stops there. Mm. So I think like really trying to understand what does estrogen do? What does progesterone do and feel like in the body? All of those things can kind of demystify it on your end. And I think then what can happen when, really when anyone learns about the female body or the body in general, um, but particularly the female body, I think is, um one compassion i think for all that's happening in the female body in a given month um and then also appreciation because it is amazing i think often when we use hormonal it's really an insult you know it's it's like mm. synonymous with you know dramatic over the top all of those things and so you kind of forget that hormones are really powerful and really amazing. And that mm-hmm. even just the menstrual cycle as a whole is so, it's just like this incredible dance and there's all of these moving pieces. And what's so cool about, you know, girls going through puberty is it's like the first time their body is putting on this dance. And so it'll be a little messy. You know, there are parts that don't quite work together at the same time where they don't, you know, come on to stage at the same time. And so you end up with maybe big mood swings or some period pain, those kinds of things. But I think if you really truly understand like the miracle of what is happening, um, it's less like, where did my little girl go? Now she's just moody or she's just Mm -hmm. unpredictable. And instead it's like, wow, my daughter is going through this epic transformation where this beautiful piece of her physiology is, is kicking into gear that will guide her into adulthood and be this rhythm that she, you know, is in for the next 30 years. And like, how beautiful Mm. is that? So I think um, that's one component for sure. And I don't think it, I don't necessarily think the goal has to be like, you know, we should get dads in the conversation sitting next to moms. Like Mm. (laughs) like, I don't think it has to be anything that's beautiful if that's part of your relationship already, but I don't necessarily feel like, you know, dads should have an equal part in, teaching mm-hmm. girls about their bodies or something um but i think fathers knowing about their bodies is a big a big piece to it but then also i think just being a stable presence i you know, i'm not a dad and but i can imagine too that as there starts to feel like that difference like you know my little girl is changing i can imagine how there would be um not a desire but kind of a natural maybe pulling away a little bit of not exactly like oh the things that used to work the things we used to to do together she's not interested anymore or something Mm -hmm. like that but I think just thinking about kind of the way that puberty can be kind of a, a storm you know there's lots of things happening just really kind of holding to um the desire to be a stable presence in her life and like leaning in you know really leaning in it doesn't have to be like so tell me about your period. You know, it doesn't have to be that kind of leaning in, but it's just like, hey, let's go for ice cream. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm writing you a little note in your lunchbox, whatever it is, just reminding her that you are a stable presence in her life. Um, I think that is an amazing role for dads yeah. that they can can offer. So
0: mm. I love that. One thing for me that I learned probably like a year ago, which is embarrassing because I'm 31. Um, Like I had only, when you're talking about puberty and like a women's cycle, I'd only heard about the menstruating phase, like the actual mm-hmm. period. I didn't know there were the other three weeks of the month yeah. were critical elements. So can you run right. us through like each, what are there, four segments, three segments? Can you run us through each of those phases? Sure, yeah. And so the interesting thing is
1: people – will kind of lump different phases together in slightly different ways. So, you know, there'll be some variation, but the okay. I'll explain it. Totally. Um, and kind of how I, I teach it in the course. So um, really, it the menstrual cycle starts with the period. And even though really the period is the last thing to happen in the chain of events, we start... The menstrual cycle of the period because it's the easiest to see. You know, it's Mm -hmm. red your underwear, you can be like, okay, now I can start counting because a lot of the other things are a little bit more uh mysterious and internal. Um, so you have the your period, which is the lining of the uterus that had been prepared really the entire, you know, three weeks leading up to the period, where it is released um through the vagina because the body knows there is no baby that needs this lining of blood and nutrients. And so after the blood is released, or after the lining is released, it starts like immediately over. So you have follicles, which are, so you have like eggs that are inside follicles, the follicles are kind of like a little sac that covers the egg inside the ovary, and they're immature eggs, but they are growing. And really, I mean, in the, the course, I kind of explain that they start growing then, but really it's a few months that they're in this process of growing. but for the sake of ease, they're starting to grow. And as they're growing, they're putting off estrogen. Estrogen is communicating to the uh, uterine lining again. Hey, you need to start growing a lining of blood and nutrients to be ready for us, to be ready for an egg, if it makes it over to you. Um, So that the eggs and the follicle, they're growing, developing. Eventually, one will win out. It'll be the biggest. It will continue to grow. um, And when it reaches a certain point, the egg will be kicked out of the ovary and into the fallopian tube and so when it's kicked out of the ovary you call it ovulation egg is ovulated um, it's left the ovary and in the fallopian tube or the uterine tube there's kind of like these little almost like little brooms that are kind of sweeping the egg along as the egg is headed towards the uterus and so this is when fertilization can happen um and when the um Egg is released, it leaves the follicle behind. It leaves that little egg sac that it had been growing in, in the ovary. It leaves it behind in the ovary. And what's so amazing is that it very, very quickly transforms into a gland called a corpus luteum, a yellow body, and it starts producing progesterone. So you kind of have your two main um, menstrual cycle hormones estrogen and progesterone. Um, estrogen is, is the hormone of growth you know it's growing the ovaries growing the the uterine lining and progesterone is kind of your um stabilizing and warming hormone so the corpus luteum is still looking out for that egg that's now on its journey to the the uterus and it's saying hey uterus don't let go of that lining of blood and nutrients in case the egg needs it and gets fertilized and it's going to implant in the uterus so it's just saying like hey don't don't let it go yet um and progesterone so it's like the progestation hormone it also tells your body to heat up so it stimulates your thyroid so if you take your temperature every day before you get out of bed what you'll often see is after ovulation is this little spike in your temperature where you're actually warmer the second half of your cycle um, because your body is kind of heating things up and they're getting it nice and cozy Um, and also a little side note i think it's so helpful to to think about nourishment as it's connected with hormones too because because progesterone is stimulating your thyroid your metabolism act, is actually ramping up and so you need, you know, somewhere between 2 and 400 more calories in that second half of your cycle just because your body is, you know, has been ramped up um, so a lot of times when girls think about being really snacky you know, before their periods and all those kinds of things, you know, your body is just like, yeah, cause I'm needing more energy. And you're thinking you're just this stable being that's the same from day to day. And really in reality, it's not. So anyway, you have the corpus luteum, it's, it's sending off that progesterone, but it's only going to live, um, for, I mean, it, it, everyone's a little bit different, but you know, between maybe 11, 14 days. And if in that window of time it doesn't get the signal from the egg that it's been fertilized, it knows there's no fertilized egg. And so it, the corpus luteum, dies off. And so as it dies off, it's not sending out that message of progesterone anymore to your uterus saying, don't let go of that lining of blood and, and nutrients. And so then it has this dip of progesterone and your body. knows, okay, we can, we can let go of this. Like, all right, guys, show's over, you know, no, no fertilized egg here. Let's get going again, and so then you just start that cycle again. Mm -hmm. So it's really your energy levels. Your I mean, sometimes people even talk about like around ovulation, their sense of smell is a lot better. You know, like there's so many ways that hormones Mm -hmm. impact us, our cravings, our desire for different things. And so when you realize that, yeah, there's this whole whole dance going on, then suddenly you don't feel quite as mysterious and unpredictable. You know, and everyone's a little bit different, so it's not like we're all the same but you start mm-hmm. to kind of tune into that and be like oh wow this is actually pretty epic
0: mm, i love that the snacky part's very confirming for me so thank you for that <laughs> um
1: <laughs> is it so validating? it's there's so a valid-in. reason i ate
0: that whole bag of chips <laughs> 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 and so like For me, and I've heard, I've seen a lot of this, like, cycle sinking stuff is, like, really popular right now, which Mm. I think there's some legit science to it. I also think, like, you could probably get carried away with it, just like anything. Yeah. But there are (laughs) even, like, internal spring and winter and then all these, Mm -hmm. I I don't fully get the seasons, but there's, like, an element of pairing your nutrition and, and your, um, even like the vehicle of which you're eating like cold mm-hmm. or warm foods mm-hmm. with a particular type of week that you are experiencing. So I mm-hmm. think that that's fascinating. Um, I also have heard that, um, in general, like intermittent fasting is not the best idea for women in their fertile years, but if you were going to intermittent fast, is it, there's like one particular week where it would be like less detrimental to your mm-hmm. hormones, I believe. Um, I wish I knew what week that was, but I think it's the week following your period. I'd have to confirm. Um, any take on those types of like cycle syncing or do you, do you utilize any of that stuff? Are you choosing warm foods or cold foods a specific time? Like anything we can help our kids Hmm. with in the future? What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, it is an interesting world, isn't it? The, the world of cycle syncing and some people get really, really into it and really kind of Zoom in on on the individual yeah. weeks and sometimes even days. To me, that's just overwhelming. It's complicated, even just practically. I was thinking about you know with a family. What if you have women in a different stages? Are you cooking mm. all different meals for everything? You know, like it just it didn't feel practical to me I, for the people that do it and love it. I think it's awesome that they've made it work for their lives, but to me, it was just clear. Nourishment is important in every part of your cycle. Um, That's why I think I like just kind of the second half, just trying to eat an extra snack or prioritize something, you know, a little uh, more dense um, because that was easy enough for me. And oftentimes I was feeling a little more hungry anyway. I mean, especially leading up to my period and during my period, that's where I'm really um, kind of adamant about not trying not to have many cold drinks, cold foods, that kind of thing, because um, I also notice a big difference in in cramps if I'm eating cold foods, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing where, I mean, in almost all cultures, you know, during your your period, and which is also, I think it's, it's sometimes helpful to think about your period kind of like um, postpartum, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's just like the rest time. That's where, you know, people talk about it being like winter. It's kind of like things are quiet, and, you know, there's a reason that most of us aren't, you know, running around outside all day, keeping the same summer schedule that we have, um, because there's a reason that, for to be inside and cozy and all of that. And so, when you actually stay warm and you keep your abdomen warm, um, it helps, you know, allow your muscles to more effectively release your uterine lining without painful cramping. You know, because periods shouldn't hurt. There's nothing inherently painful about periods. It's just when. Um, you, know, you have too many prostaglandins, your body is you know, working too hard trying to get that lining out. And so for me, it's like, why would I like a cold drink is nice, but it's not, not that nice. I'd rather, you know, have a painless period. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Yeah, don't are of- yeah, don't fight. Yeah. Don't fight what your body's doing. Kind of work yeah. with it. Interesting. Now that you've kind of explained that, how does <clears throat> hormonal birth control work within your cycle?
1: So it's not allowing that that dance to happen it's it's kind of
2: maintaining
1: a uh more kind of i don't want to use the word stable because i think we have like a very positive (laughs) association with stable but it's um
2: it's disrupting it's it's disrupting
1: and and what i've heard um there's a great book called the fifth vital sign for any woman or man that's it's interested in learning more about the menstrual cycle and i remember her talking about hormonal birth control um it's often talked about as it's regulating your cycle. You know, and women will feel that like, oh, I used to have this really irregular cycle and now it's 28 days, um, all that kind of stuff. But really, it's not regulating your cycle. It's replacing your own body's hormones with synthetic hormones. And that's where I think part of the real danger is is that we don't have a respect for these hormones. We don't realize that progesterone is so, so important for women that your body's own hormones have... Um, have a purpose, have a real um, healing ability if they are um, produced kind of in the right amounts at the right times. And so to think about robbing your body of your own natural hormones for 10 years, I mean, it's really, it's like castrating yourself. That's really kind of what it is because it's shutting off your own body's production of hormones. And so, um, yeah, there's a real danger to that. I mean, estrogen is amazing. It's also the hormone of growth. Do we want total you know on un, unfettered growth no we don't so that's why we want progesterone because progesterone is kind of meant to be estrogen's perfect match it mm-hmm. stops the the excess growth it balances things out and so um that's why it's so important to kind of support your body to nourish your body to try to allow it to have a, a balanced and regular cycle on its own because when it is operating optimally it's it's a really I mean it's your bone health, all of these things are, are positively impacted by, um, your body's natural hormones. Again, if they're, you know, produced in, in the right amounts, the right, you know, times, all of that.
2: And the draw for this stuff, aside from birth control, right? From from, not getting pregnant, but is there also a real, like, I'm going to say a short-term relief on like a period front, like, is that because if we're disrupting the cycle of what's happening, is that what's happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of women, I know so many women who went on birth control for their painful cramps, you know, and so it helped get rid of, of those painful cramps. I mean, I know some people that it didn't uh, get rid of, get rid of their cramps, but again, that's one of the things that I teach in my course. It's like your body is always communicating with you. You know, your Mm -hmm. body is not out to get you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a lie that a lot of women buy into, um, based on how women's bodies are talked about. It's like right from the beginning, you think that you got the short end of the stick by being a woman because like look at this life of biological pain you're about to endure (laughs) Um, but instead it's like no all like our body you know isn't out to get us in fact I mean I believe our bodies were designed very wisely very intentionally and um, I don't think a life of pain is God's will or the design of of the world Um, and so when we actually learn period pain isn't normal it's common but not normal then it's like, oh, what is my body even telling me? Because if you just hear like, period pain is part of being a woman, you never stop to ask. Well, is there something my body needs? You just think my body's doing its thing. It's just being a woman, which sucks, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But instead of you realize, oh my gosh, my body is really scream. I talk about um, the menstrual cycle, or really like the, the period is like a smoke alarm. Is how I talk about it, talk about it in my course. You know, a smoke alarm is there to let you know when there is smoke and often we forget that we have smoke alarms until smoke is filling a room and then it lets out that painful alarm and so that's why things like hormonal birth control or a lot of the ways that women's health is often addressed is it's like stupid smoke alarm you know like we we turn the blame to the loud noise in our ears rather than being like okay where is the smoke coming from because the smoke is in fact telling us that there is a, a bigger issue. You know, my kitchen is on, kitchen is on fire or whatever. And so when instead we want to blame the smoke detector or we want to take it down, you know, shut it off rather than getting to more of the root issue. And so that's why if we realize that our periods, our menstrual cycles, our whole bodies really are designed to kind of let us know when, when things are off and when we need to slow down, when we need to eat more, you know, it doesn't always tell us as explicitly as we would like. But if we start to realize like, oh, this is a chance for some detective work here of of what I can do to try to figure out what my body needs, it's in fact really empowering.
0: Wow, I love that. I think that makes way more sense. And yeah, that answers my question perfectly because it is not this regulating of a natural system in our body. It's full on replacing it. And so, I always thought it was odd because I was on hormon- hormonal birth control for, I don't know, five or six years. And I would always ask them, <clears throat> is this going to affect my fertility in the future? And they'd say, no, 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 It has nothing to do with that. Which, you know, whatever. That's their professional opinion. But I just think it's odd that we literally shut off our body's natural ability to function in one area for years, mm-hmm. sometimes starting after a girl's first period. I know. I when know. she hasn't even had time to like really perfect it. Mm-hmm. And then we pretend like it doesn't have any impact. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. If I shut off my own digestion for even a month and you put me on a feeding tube, right. <laughs> you're going to bet I'm going to have issues reacclimating to eating normal food. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's a wild assumption that we're good to go with these hormone replacing methodologies. So thank you for explaining that because it actually mm-hmm. is super helpful. Um, I'm so curious. I know you designed the course cause you have a heart and passion about this area, which is very evident, mm-hmm. but, um, tell us a little bit about what the course is and what it ro- walks through. You don't have to hit every single module, but just like a sky level view, because I know we're going to have a lot of listeners who have younger daughters who mm-hmm. are very interested in facilitating this conversation and they want to kind of know what to expect when they would walk through something like this.
1: Yeah, totally. Um... Well, so it starts with just explaining what puberty is and, and the kind of analogy I give for, for puberty is that it's like a play because I think it's helpful to realize like you know, there's all of these different departments, all these different aspects that are trying to come together and just kind of starting the course with a sense of like, it's okay if it's a little messy, a little confusing, a little exciting. You know, like All of those things are very valid because this is a really big thing that's going to be happening in your body and there are all of these different kind of acts that will um, happen as you go through your, your development. So, um, that's kind of where things start. And then the foundation is really, I call it introducing your body and just making sure that girls know their anatomy, you know, know the names of their body parts. So, and I love little like fun facts and word meanings and things like that. So those are thrown in as well. And then it kind of transitions into, breast development because often that's the first, um, stage of development that girls go through. Often it's, it's either breast development or, um, like body hair or body odor. Sometimes they're, you know, one's first. Um, but so we walk through breast development, kind of what to expect, breast buds, all of those things. Um, and then it goes into body odor, body hair, um, where body hair grows, where it's totally normal for for body hair to grow. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding you know about mm. where body hair is gonna show up and um so I try to clear some of that up. and then, after that, I dive into the menstrual cycle, and it's called period Peace is the module, and that's really the longest module by far just because I really wanted girls to have a solid understanding of what was happening in each phase of their menstrual cycle. And we talk through, you know, what are some, some tips for avoiding period pain. Um, I don't make any claims like your daughter will never experience period pain if she takes my course, but I just give some ideas. Like these are things that you can do that can have some positive impacts on, um, on your period experience um, that you can at least try out. Um, I talk through, um, emotions and hormones, supporting your liver. I mean, just some like basic kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the last module of the course is called Common Sense Care, and SENSE is an acronym. So it's um, sleep, exercise, nourishment, skin, and emotions. Um, so I think that's a big part of, of puberty as well. Of You know, often it's a lot of new emotions coming in, and, and there's good reason for that. Um, your brain is going through a major redevelopment it's like a construction zone in there and so some of the processes that you'll have as an adult for emotional regulation are literally being built um in this time so i think um, i hope that there's a a lot of room for grace you know for girls to feel towards themselves and also for parents to feel towards their daughters and towards themselves <laughs> as they enter that season of life because um, there's just a lot a lot going on but again like there is this epic transformation happening, um, in the bodies of girls at this time. So it makes sense that it would be kind of a whole body change. So yeah, that's kind of the big overview of, of the course, but it's hard. I mean, one of the hardest things about making the course, I think was just figuring out and limiting what I wanted to say. Cause I was just, mm-hmm. I had a whole list of all these, oh, I need to make sure to say this. Oh, I need to make sure to say this. Um, but in the end I had to, you know, cut a lot down cause I didn't want it to just be this Barrage of, of ra- random tidbits of information. And instead, I just had to kind of sit back and trust that there would be other people in girls' lives that will speak their own lessons and things that I haven't even learned yet or, or didn't need to hear or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I feel like I did my part and I love trusting that moms are sitting there too, you know, being like, oh, yeah, and this is something I learned or something I wish I knew when I was younger. Or maybe it opens up the conversation with their aunts or their you know, cousins or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. It totally does. The other cool thing is that you send a physical workbook for people mm-hmm. to look through. Um, you have like the period playbook, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm um t- and that's like a just little flip through guide that's super helpful actually sophie's like gone back and referenced that several oh, times that. and just like has read certain parts sometimes she like reads them out loud and like her sisters are in the room i'm like can we listen let's have this conversation another place <laughs> she'll be reading like Volva and i'm like oh goodness gracious um which is fine like, know, we can yeah. happen yeah good to know <laughs> The other um, cool thing, and you, it, like, it's experiential, right? Like, you actually ship out, like, you know, what does a pad look like? What is this weird mm-hmm. tampon thing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are these things? Mm-hmm. And then you also give suggestions for, like, hey, let's talk about body odor. And you want to avoid deodorant with aluminum. So what are some good brands? And what what can we look for? Like, you've really thought through so much information. And it it's not overwhelming at all. Okay. The other cool thing that was really impactful for um our family was like you on screen talking to us like mother or daughter gives the daughter another like trusted female to look up to because Mm -hmm. i I, one time i was making tea and sophie was like megan says she drinks red raspberry leaf tea (laughs) when she's on her period and so when i start my period can you buy me some because i think that's what i want to do too (laughs) and this is like a 10 11 year old and so she's like She's looking up to you Aww. as like another female who's like, she's like, yeah, that seems like a really reasonable thing. And she explained <laughs> why? It's just like so sweet.
2: She also probably wants the tea.
0: She for sure wants the tea. She, <laughs> she, she's a sucker for like a little cup of tea. But I just gotcha. think that's a cool piece is like you're offering... Even if us moms feel ill-equipped to have the conversation, it's like you're there on camera Mm -hmm. talking to us in a way where we would be talking even if you were in our house having coffee. Like Mm. it's so approachable. It's so informative. You even, like, warn us the first time you show, like, the full frontal of the girl's anatomy. And you're like,
1: <laughs> warning. This is an <laughs> My illustration. My husband watched, the, watched it with me, and he's like, maybe you need just a little, like, <laughs> hey, people, you're going to see, like, a full drawing of a vulva here. You Whoa. know? Cause it, it's like,
0: you know, not bad, but it is just,
1: like, you're not used to hearing yeah, that. Yeah
0: you're not used to that angle in particular yeah Yeah. which is again Mm -hmm. not bad like it's all illustrated it's very well done it's (laughs) not like overly graphic or like intense Mm -hmm. like it's nothing compared to the horrors of my public school health class That that was another level um It's just all I just can't stop singing your praises just because Mm -hmm. I have told literally everyone that has an adolescent girl (laughs) that they need to get on board with this because it's it's the coolest thing I Mm -hmm. I think that's out there. So I think
2: there's something powerful, and this I think this applies. This is like I think a a generic principle Mm -hmm. that absolutely applies here, and it's this idea of normalization. And when stuff is not normalized in life, it can be dangerous less it can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. it can, this is where things are like cringy right mm-hmm. is because it's not normal and an example of this that's it's really easy that I always I always bring up is um, like gun safety mm-hmm. would be one thing that I would say is really really important right mm-hmm. if you're not educated and you're not like you don't know what's going on and this isn't for like I'm not talking gun safety of like hey everyone should own guns that's not the conversation it's that someone might own one. And you might be in a position where they have that. Mm-hmm. And if this is not a normal thing, it's really exciting, it's interesting, or it's scary, or it's you know, I, I want my kids to if they ever walk into someone's house and they were to have a weapon there, that they're like, Yo, don't touch that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, put that down. like like don't like like there's they're, they're so comfortable, they're they're so educated, they're so normalized. I think I think the same thing about alcohol. It's so easy for alcohol to be like this mysterious thing for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh well, we don't, you know. Parents sometimes drink that, but we're never allowed to have it. And again, again, another topic that's probably open for major debate. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's so easy to create these auras around things, and mm-hmm. and I'm kind of getting the sense here with with when it comes to maturity and pu- you know puberty for for girls and for for guys, honestly, for anyone, it's it's becomes this like we don't talk about it, it's not normal. Man, mm-hmm. this conversation of Hey, you know, Miss Megan drinks raspberry tea on on her. I, I want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's an example of normalization, wherein, uh, yeah, she's looking up to other people, but it's also just a conversation she can have around her sisters, around you, and it's like that's awesome because because now as as it kind of starts to come out, hopefully this this like secretive thing, this really emotion, this guarded, you know, I want to hide this, it, it starts to turn something that, that that typically is seen as like a weakness. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a uh, normality. Right. Exactly. A, an amazing thing, a coming of age, a, a, an exciting, cool thing that, that we can deal with as it comes. So anyways, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I like that. Totally.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard too, because it's, uh, yeah, it, The period conversation on one level in society has become hyper public because Mm -hmm. now we all we have a bunch of other conversation around who has period and who doesn't so that's something that individually as households you have to also kind of form your narrative of what you're believing in so that's like it's not only the normal human physiology especially through like a biblical lens right is not only not talked about but now there's a different side that's being normalized that you also kind of have to combat a little bit. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's even more beautiful if, if you have a conviction about something around this topic that you facilitate that conversation in your home, Mm -hmm. because it is, it's, it's a mixed message out there, you know? Um, I, I remember, yeah, I mean, and my girls experienced that too, even seeing a commercial and it's like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that that can happen. And so it's just, it's a touchy subject, but I, mm-hmm. I agree that if you can have amazing role models, amazing context and understanding and open conversation with people you love and trust, I think that's super cool. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the harder parts of parenting, mm. I would say. And I'm just now beginning it. Mm-hmm. So there's even still things that I'm learning about how to approach some of these harder conversations yeah, <laughs> with oh our gosh. older kids. So, yeah, anything exciting on the horizon of Body Talk Basics? Anything that you're super excited about, that you've been surprised about by the course? Um, just share with us kind of where you guys are at right now in your journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. I
1: mean, it's honestly just been so fun and the most rewarding thing i've ever done in my life um i spent almost two years making the course between writing and filming and designing all the workbooks and the book and you know wanting it to be a really beautiful experience for moms and daughters and then i don't mean i still remember like the first mom that bought the course and just being like i don't even know who this is like (laughs) this is gonna go off into some person's home and like i will get to you know be a part of of this conversation in a really powerful way um and then just to see it spread you I know mean, there's been moms in multiple countries who've bought the course i mean all over the u.s and um, i just love thinking that you know the what i made is the same for all moms and daughters that get it but the magic is in the mom and the daughter who take you know, the information I'm giving, who take the prompts, the conversation prompts, discussion prompts I give and just make it totally their own experience um, and one that is right for them, you know, because that's what I wanted to make. I have a lot of people who are like, do you think you'll do, you know, in-person workshops or like larger group events? And it's, I mean, I I used to be a middle school teacher and I miss like that in-person feedback and that in-person working um, with girls in particular, but I just feel like they're so... Yeah, there's so much individuality that is, I think, really important to preserve. And even just in thinking about things like, um, you know, I think a girl's first period is something really um, exciting to celebrate, but one girl might want a big party and another girl would rather die. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's just some, you know, and be mortified for years. So I think the more that I thought about it, I just like, you know, I want... So put this into the hands of moms who know their daughter and who want to create an experience for them, who know their own story, the things that feel really important for them to share. um, And then they can craft it into something that feels meaningful for for both of them. So I love kind of the mystery of it too. Like I get little glimpses and I love hearing from moms where they, you know, uh, shine a little light into the experience that has happened, like the special experience that has happened between them. Um, But it's also kind of fun and and magical to think like, I don't, I mean, I know what I said in the course, but I don't know all of the kinds of conversations that are happening Mm. because of, of what I started. So Mm -hmm. I just think that's so, yeah, so incredible. And I just love, yeah, I've just heard from so many moms that uh, they feel so much more close to their daughter and that their daughter is, you know, one of my favorite things to hear is like oh, my daughter, um, I thought she was just a really private person, but now I'm realizing, like, she's really opening up to me. And, I mean, some moms will say, like, their daughter will start questions or conversations with, like, "Um, remember when Miss Megan said, you know, and, like, there's kind of become this third point that happens. Like, you both have this experience together. Mm -hmm. So now you can refer back to it in a more kind of natural way Um, that feels less awkward. So just thinking about playing a role in, in starting kind of these conversations for years to come I and mean, because once you start talking about it it's so much easier to continue talking about it mm-hmm. and so I love thinking about that happening early in adolescence and then hopefully continuing all the way through um
0: her and, and it'll be it'll be different with each daughter like we're mm-hmm. gonna run through it with all three of ours and it'll be a different experience every time you know right right What would you say is the typical age that a mom would start this kind of work? And I know it's going to range based on their daughter's personal Mm -hmm. development and maturity. But like, what's your average age where people are starting these conversations? I mean, I've had moms
1: with daughters as young as eight who've bought the course. Um, Most of the time they have told me that they have just done maybe the puberty play intro and the kind of anatomy, introducing your body videos. And then they're kind of waiting, um, to introduce the others as they feel like their daughter Mm. needs it or gets to that stage of development. So that's kind of a fun model, um, as well. You don't have to sit down and do the whole course in a day or in a weekend or something, you know, you could space it out, um, as your daughter's ready. I have others who have taken, you know, the whole course and their daughter was 11 or 12 and also enjoyed that experience. I mean, I think it's always good for girls to know, um, what's going to happen before it happens. Cause you know, then it, when I think there is, uh, when you don't know what to expect, that's when you have an opening for all sorts of crazy explanations that you make up in your own head to explain your reality. <laughs> that's confusing to you, you know? So I have so many women who've been like, you know, I thought I was, I've dying when I, when I got my period, cause I had no idea what it was, or I thought I had pooped mm. in my pants or, you know, all, all mm. of those things um that are not true so I think I can imagine that it feels scary to start these conversations but I think it's also scary to think about your daughter getting to some of those big changes you know and thinking she has breast cancer for a month just because she has breast buds and doesn't know you know that those are perfectly healthy and normal so um yeah I don't know if that was specific enough it is a little bit hard just because girls go through I mean they start development at all different times as well But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's never too early to, to introduce basic anatomy Mm
0: too. Um, so, yeah, I think the eight year old and then having the initial kind of convo, um, I, that's probably closer to the time where we, maybe 10, I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think both of those give kind of a good framework for either strategy that parents want mm-hmm. to go through sometime between 8 and 12. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that that's helpful, especially for parents to make their own decision about how they want to approach that topic. So, Joey, any questions from you?
2: Um, no, this has been great. <laughs> <As> the father. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah, I'm good. As the
0: father in the room. Cool. Well, Megan, tell us where folks can learn more about the course, where they can find you. You have an amazing Instagram account (laughs) where you post the best (laughs) question boxes. And I'm saying like if you want some entertainment, you want to hear funny like (laughs) stories uh, ranging in a far, far (laughs) uh, number of topics. (laughs) Um, it's amazing. I love it. You have a very active community. Everyone is like all kind of in it together. And I love that. Mm -hmm. So tell people where they can find you.
1: Sure. So if you want to learn more about the course, my website is just www.bodytalkbasics.com. And I kind of break down the modules there that you can, can look at and, um, get a sense for what, what comes with the course. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, Liz, I have an Instagram, which is at bodytalkbasics. And I, I want to clarify too that kind of my Instagram is more for moms and for adult women um and so a lot of the resources um you know i'll say if you have a daughter you know pass this on or those kinds of things but i'm not i'm intentionally not really talking directly to daughters my page isn't Mm -hmm. really for you know like 10 to 12 year olds in part because what i've loved about the direction my instagram has gone which wasn't exactly what i was (laughs) intending for it to go in but it's just really a uh vibrant community of women who are um excited to be finally talking about their bodies or asking questions that they feel have felt too embarrassed to ask for years and you know Mm -hmm. realizing that they're not alone that many other women have had similar experiences and so i do a lot of polls and um and questions about various body experiences but Yeah, then we also get in, like, I think right now it's about, like, your most embarrassing email address. You know, this is also a lot of, like, (laughs) reliving some of your embarrassing adolescent moments that are, you know, kind of uh, cathartic to just put out into the community (laughs) and, you know, release. Um, So it's a lot of laughs, and um, I think has been very, I mean, healing for me, and I just have gotten lots of great feedback, too, just from adult women, even who don't have kids, who are just like, wow, I didn't realize that I needed to hear that other women have experienced
0: this too. So totally. Yeah. I love it. Your page is one of my favorites to follow. So (laughs) definitely give Megan a follow, check out her course. Um, anything else you wanted to share before we sign off on here?
1: Hmm. Um, maybe I'll also add, so I'm, um, a few months ago, I started an Etsy shop where I have a few different tinctures and I think, um, my most popular is a ginger, a fresh ginger tincture which I've now heard from so many women. I mean, and it works for me too. Like if I get cramps, I I rarely get cramps. But if I do and I take some of the ginger tincture, it completely knocks them out. Um, And ginger has been shown to be as effective as ibuprofen. And so I'm a big fan of uh, ginger for for period health. And um, anyway, so I'm kind of going to be steering my Etsy shop more towards kind of like cramp relief and... and, um, women's health supportive herbs um so I'm working on some things right now some different body oils that will hopefully be helpful for cramps or even growing pain some of those kinds of things that are easy to turn to you know other drugs which is also I mean you know no judgment do what you have to do kind of thing um at the time but I'm excited to hopefully be able to offer some other alternatives to even thinking about you know girls going like oh I have cramps gotta get my ginger you know rather than like where's that bottle of ibuprofen you know or advil Mm -hmm. like give me a ton of that. So just empowering women to use kind of the, the natural world in all the ways that it can support our bodies. So.
0: I love yeah. that you're supporting your community on yet another level and you're providing <laughs> a solution to a, a problem that a lot of people will face at least one time in their life. I think that's yeah. super cool. Um, what's the name of your Etsy shop? Is it body talk basics? Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's just like Etsy.com slash shop and then okay basics okay cool and i'm sure they can type you in the little search bar in etsy too that's awesome i'm definitely going to check that out so thank you for sharing
1: yeah i'm out of ginger it always sells out but i need to i have some more you know (laughs) being made right now in bigger batches so
0: (laughs) okay we'll tell people to get on the wait list or something yeah (laughs) awesome well this has been a great conversation i hope it was helpful for everyone listening i know it was helpful Mm -hmm. for me Megan, you're always such a joy to interact with and you're just like a beam of light. So I really mm-hmm. appreciate you and your voice in this space. And it's just a really fantastic product that you've created. So thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, it's truly my pleasure and my honor. So thank you so much for, for having me on the show. And yeah, I hope that this is helpful for moms you know, who have daughters who are this age and maybe moms who have daughters who are a long way off, but still... I hope this gives them hope that there is support out there for them and that this can be a really beautiful time in their relationship with their daughter Mm -hmm. and not one to be scared of or avoided or, you know, those dreaded preteen years. You know, there can be a lot of of life and excitement (laughs) and and bonding um, in that time too. So,
0: Totally. I love it. Thank you, Megan. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. If you're still cooking in non-stick pans, it's time to ditch the toxins and upgrade your kitchen. Extrema has been a wonderful addition to our family's collection of non-toxic cookware. I cook in their 9-inch skillet just about every single day. And if you're ready to upgrade your pots and pans, go to extrema.com and use the code HOMEGROWN for 15% off your order.
2: And with that, Megan has left the virtual chat. If you're a dad out there and you're listening to this, you made it. Good job. You did it. I'm impressed. Well done. Yeah.
0: Seriously, I'm impressed.
2: That's so cool. That's really cool. I love it. This, uh, what is a tincture? I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Uh, So a tincture would be, um, like, think of the stuff that uh, your mom uses in her office often. It's usually, like, a hyper-concentrated solution that comes in, like, a dropper bottle that you'd use, like, a portion of it. Understood. Like a liquid vehicle for some sort of medicinal like a reduction herb yeah like uh yeah the tincture
2: okay what what is tincture like what is that
0: i just explained it
2: i know but <laughs> I just, where does that come from? Like, Oh,
0: what? I don't know. It's like an old apothecary term. But, I mean, ginger. Sounds so
2: fancy. I just, it does like,
0: it? Wow, you haven't been in the holistic health space in a minute. Tinctures, huh? Tincture is a very common term. I'm sorry if I assumed everyone knew what that meant, right. but I definitely- I was like, I wrote it down, I'm like, tincture. Your mom's a holistic practitioner. I typed,
2: or I wrote down T-I-N-K-S-H-E-R. <laughs> is that how you spell this?
0: Nope, but that's okay. Okay,
2: tincture. That's it's what a about. C,
0: but um, yeah, anyways- yeah, what what is what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I think that man, you know, people that take on challenges in the world that have been just—it's—it's it's almost like people are just like okay to leave things, you know, well enough alone, right? And Megan was like, no, nah, so you know, I'm not, not going to leave this one alone, and I love that. I think that's super cool. I'm I'm as a dad of daughters, I'm so thankful to have been on the episode because. I don't know. In life, you don't want to get ambushed by anything, right? Right. As a dude, be prepared. Be prepared in the best way, right? Not in like a hunker down, you know, hide behind this. Other, you know what I mean? This is like, how can you be prepared to take care of your family? This is just one of those ways. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm into it.
0: It's proactive. Do you feel more compassion? Compassion for the female experience. In what way? I don't know. Just from hearing about it, do you feel? I mean, maybe you always felt compassionate. I don't really know. Um, Empathetic? Do you understand? Like, what are your thoughts?
2: I think. Uh, like, I guess where I, my my mind goes to me is I don't feel bad for you when it happens. Is that mm-hmm. what you is that what you're looking for?
0: No, I don't want you to feel bad for me. Okay, so
2: don't. But but what I what I feel is like more prepared now to help
0: hmm. yeah that's great i think that's
2: having great. education and understanding is like hey like this this is where we are i mean i'm already thinking about like warm foods and drinks and things that we can be you know setting up and but i mean i don't know anyways
0: hmm. yeah i don't i think that reiterates what megan was saying is like women haven't been dealt the short stick and our bodies are just like this thing to be feared it's actually really cool physiology that's taking place and if we understand it and can support it and maybe get out of our own way and don't like interfere with it on multiple different levels whether that's hormone disrupting chemicals we're using in everyday products or whether that's the food we're eating or maybe a pharmaceutical we're taking just the natural human body female body is amazing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I don't think you should. I don't think the goal is for any man to feel bad for their wife well, or, their, or their. It
2: felt like you were indirectly children. asking me that. A kind of a little bit. And Interesting. I think, I think guys think that. I think Aww. guys think that women, when they're on their periods, on the couch, the whole thing, right? <laughs> Heating pad. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like they want us to like feel bad, and I just naturally can't feel bad for someone like that because I'm just <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Like this is this is it man like you know what do you want me to do and and but I, I do think it is very helpful to to understand because if if we are to have any kind of role to play it's certainly not to just be like I'm sorry like it mm. doesn't do anything
0: yeah pity is not helpful
2: but to you know approach the situation with yeah I'm getting too like tactical here but so that's
0: just how a man's brain or yours particularly works. I think that's fine. Having
2: ways that I can help you You're like, makes me, it. me feel better about the situation because then I'm not just a helpless dude that can't do anything.
0: Totally. So, no, I'm with that. Cool.
2: I love it. Hey, if you liked this conversation, definitely go check Megan out. Body Talk Basics. She's got a website, an Etsy, where she sells tinctures. tinctures. Not spelled with a K. <laughs> Apparently they're <laughs> ginger flavored sold out. They're not late. Yeah. Go There's... clear, go clear the, the, the tincture shelves on Etsy mm-hmm. at, uh, Bio talk basics. She's also got an Instagram mm-hmm. where she's currently talking about like silly emails. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. She was just great to talk to you. Also genuinely like genuine, nice, fun person. So go check her out on all those, all those different sites. If you liked hearing from Elizabeth and myself for some reason, You could do more of that. You can listen to more of these episodes. We've got a bunch of them at this point. You could find us on Instagram. I'm at Joey Hazelmeyer. Elizabeth is at Liz Hazelmeyer. We've got a homegrown page at homegrown underscore education. And we're also creating some things. No tinctures just yet. But whenever this episode drops, we're getting pretty close to the launch of of our site. Some of the products and things that we're going to be setting people up with.
0: Mm, Are you breaking the news right now?
2: Well, you know, I don't know when this is going to go out, so I'm, I'm thinking that the news won't be too too uh, abruptly broken at this point. <laughs> Maybe it will. Anyways, if you're hearing it now, and this is the first time you're hearing it, uh, we're, we're launching we're launching a page, and that is Hazelmeyer Goods. Shoptheh.com. You can go there and find all kinds of awesome stuff. But to start, we're looking at sourdough kits. We're looking at large soap. Some kind of apparatus to scrub your dishes with. Stay tuned for more about that, and maybe some warm beverages. Mm-hmm. Maybe something you could drink when you're, you know, on your period. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? We've also got a Twitter now. That's interesting.
0: We do. It is. We're at learning Twitter. Homegrown underscore edu, I believe.
2: Go check. Go go hit up our Twitter page. Follow us on there so we can tweet tweet at you. We're going to figure that out. It's going to be awesome. We've also got resources and things for you to learn about nutrition, about food, about sourcing food, about making sourdough bread, about raw dairy. We have all that on our website. It's at www.homegrowneducation.org. Go on there if you want to support us, support yourself with with nourishing foods. Support your kids with curriculum that gets them in the game of understanding what real food is and where it comes from. And until next time, That's a wrap.